0: Bienvenidos a Radio Menea. I'm Vero Valletti Flores. And I'm Miriam Soila
1: Perez. And we are two Latinx friends with wildly different music tastes.
0: Each week we bring you music from the Latinx artists that we love. And this week we have a little pride episode. Hey. Some orgullo up in here.
1: <laughs> rainbows, rainbows, queers. It's June. <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, if you haven't caught on, we're both...
1: Very gay. We're fucking queer. Very gay. Yeah, gay as fuck.
0: Um... <laughs>
1: And so, not closeted about it at all.
0: Yeah, not at all. No. Um, but yeah, you know, we're, we're out here living our queer lives. Yes. And we have some artists for you that are also doing the same. Yeah,
1: exactly. Exactly. So this first one is my pick. And this is somebody who I feel like should be more of a queer icon than she is. So like maybe my goal is to try to make her make it happen. Um, yes, yes, yes. We're making it happen here at
0: Radio Manea. <laughs> this <laughs>
1: is Albita, Son Sin Concepto. Let's take another listen. <laughs>
2: Y morir en la cocina, colgada de una portañuela en la cocina, por la boca, por la risa, por el llanto, por la vida. Tú tienes
0: que parir para tus padres, tú tienes que parir para el maestro, tú tienes que parir para tu abuela, tú tienes que parir para el mundo entero. Tú tienes que parir y maquillarte, tú tienes que parir y ser decente, tú tienes que parir y aniquilarte, tú tienes que parir, tú tienes que parir, tú tienes que parir y ser bien fuerte para él, él que es Dios.
2: So I brought
1: I brought Albita to like our third episode, which was a queer's episode because duh, we're really queer. Um, and I can't remember when we talked about it. Then, did you know about Albita before I brought it to that show?
0: I didn't know about Albita before you yeah, introduced her. that's such me a, a fucking shame.
1: It's such a fucking shame. She, I just feel like she has not really. Um, made it outside of like the Cuban American sphere as far as I understand. Um, And she's like out and been out and been a singer, particularly in the Miami sort of scene in the 90s. Um, She really, Mm -hmm. I think, made a name for herself like playing in the clubs. I remember being a kid in Miami, and my parents would, like, leave us with the abuelos to go, like, see her on South Beach kind of thing, you know, and I think that, <laughs> as far as I can tell, like, I don't, I don't, I think that she's, like, it's always been known that she's gay, you know, and I don't think she hides it, it's not like necessarily, like, que
0: se ve no se yeah, style like, style m- right, situation. like, exactly,
1: I think maybe a little more out there than Juanga, but, I, you know, it's hard to say exactly, um, but yeah, she would wear suits on stage, like, I feel like everyone knows about her. Um, And now she, like, you know, performs at Pride and stuff, but, like, how many out musicians were there in the 90s, you know? Like, I just feel like there weren't very many, and there were definitely very few Latinx artists who were out, and so I just feel like she should be getting a lot more attention and, like, seen as more of kind of a, you know, a Madrina type because she's a little bit older and been out there doing it, so... So yeah, I wanted to bring her again to Radhima Nayan to another Pride episode because I'm trying to like make her happen as more of a queer icon. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yes, she deserves it. Thank
1: you. And um, she also, this is a new album. Um, so this is off an album that just released, I think, sometime in the last month, called Acustica. Um, and I really like this song. I think it really um, highlights her incredible voice. There's just something about like, the quality of her voice, it has this, like, richness to it, it has this, like, smokiness to it, it it feels, like, masculine in a particular way. I'm just... I
0: agree, I really like Ugh, these so voices that are, like, sort of, like, mid-register, mm-hmm. that, like, you're not really sure how to gender them, yeah. you know, like, and and I think that that's, uh, that's like, so appealing and beautiful mm-hmm. to me, like, people who have those, like, you Know, like mid register voices, right. I, I right. think that's so cool, yeah. And
1: it feels like very queer to me, but also really beautiful, yeah. I feel like, definitely like a Tracy Chapman. I mean, Tracy Chapman, I think, is even yeah, more, yeah, yeah, even deeper, maybe more extreme, but yeah, that kind of that kind of um, that kind of voice. Um, so what I also love yeah. about
0: this choice yeah. is that, uh, you know, like a lot of the artists that I'm bringing are like younger mm. artists, and I think that. It's, um, you know, and, and because of like how the last decade has, uh, you know, like the cultural shifts that we've seen in the last decade have enabled young artists to like be out from jump mm-hmm. um, is, is really, um, you know, it's an amazing thing to watch. But also I think it's important to highlight that, you know, there've been like queer artists ever since there's right. been art.
1: Right. Totally. Yeah. That's such a good point. Yeah. And you know, if you, if you take like our three sort of pride episodes together, we have a pretty good range in terms of ages, but, um, but it's so true that there, I think there are more young people right now than there are, um, sort of elders because of, of how the culture has shifted and how much more acceptable it is, I think, to be an out queer, yeah. queer musician. So the risks look really different than they did for other people. So yeah, she's only in her for sure. 50s. She was born in like 62 in Cuba, like post-revolution and stayed until in the ne- early 90s. She like defected, which was really common for, particularly for musicians or artists or dancers, when people would be able to travel for some cultural reasons, it was really hard to travel, still hard, but not as hard, really hard for Cubans to leave the island at all. When people would get permission to leave, they would just defect and never come back. And so that's what she did in the early 90s and ended up in um, in Miami and, and really established her career. And she's actually the child of two really um, famous Cuban folk singers. So she has this oh, like, legacy. Oh, I have no idea. Yeah, she has this like, legacy that she's bringing all with right. her and maybe some genetic benefits to her voice. <laughs> I don't know if that's how it works, but yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so this song references son, which like, I would love for us to talk about at some point and maybe go like a little bit deeper into it. It's a type of Cuban music that's from the Eastern part of the Island that really forms one of the many, um, influences that we think of when we think of salsa. So like son is a part yeah, definitely. of salsa, but mm-hmm. it's not exactly salsa. Um, yeah, you know, it's, yep. there's a difference to it, but so this, you know, obviously the, the, um, title of the song and then the lyrics i really liked i don't know if you paid much attention Veto, but they're it's like a pretty feminist i think anthem it's talking No, like, i wasn't paying much attention yeah, to the lyrics because you're being you and that's totally fine <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah there she talks a lot about like kind of all the expectations and like what women are expected of and and what women are, are supposed to do and then talks kind of about like what would it look like for for women to be free So, yeah, it's a sweet, it's a sweet little, it's a sweet little song.
0: All right. Let's make Alvita a queer icon. Let's do it. Let's (laughs) do it.
1: Join us, people. Join us. Um, I really hope maybe someday we could interview her in Miami. I think that would be fun. Um, She's been, you know, she's making albums since the 90s and still doing her thing. And I don't, it doesn't seem like she's like touring as actively. I think right now, like her next event is like Wynwood Pride, which is like a neighborhood neighborhood in Miami. But like Wynwood Pride would be fun. (laughs) So, but maybe someday so you and I can go to Miami and interview Elvita.
0: Let's make it happen. Yes. All right. Well,
1: what's your first Pride episode pick?
0: My first Pride episode pick is by an artist called Linda Quebrada. And I don't think that we've th- brought her think, before. I think you have. I think you have. Yeah. I was like, I, I find it hard to believe that I haven't, but I couldn't recall a specific episode about where I did. But no matter. Yeah. This song is called Fake Doy. Let's take a listen to it. Quebrada, if you couldn't tell from the Portuguese, is an artist mm-hmm. from Brazil. Um, she's one of several trans women that are really making moves and making waves in Brazil's music scene right now. Uh, one of the really amazing things that um, I, you know, can see from what's going on musically in Brazil is that there's a super rich queer music scene Mm. and um it's just like really fucking cool to watch uh from afar um this song in particular is a collaboration that they did with Mexican DJ collective party purveyors and music label Nafi who we've talked about before Mm -hmm. and it's sort of got this like their signature dark gloomy club vibe that I um I really love
1: I think that might describe, like, all of the songs you brought to this episode, potentially.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it describes at least several of okay. them. Maybe right. no, not yeah. all of them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like Pride
1: can look a lot of different ways. <laughs> it's like Pride isn't just, like, rainbows and, like, sunshine in the streets. It's also, like, 3 a.m. at the club <laughs> on Pride. Yeah.
0: <laughs> also, sadness is really gay. Yeah, sadness true. is a very gay emotion, I feel. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I have never thought about that. Sadness is a gay emotion. I mean, so many of us queers were definitely like had really angsty teenage phases because it's hard out there for a teen, you know, Yeah. let alone a teen yeah, that's like sure. struggling with sexuality. So I know I had my, Yeah. I had my phase. The faith. mental health shit in our community is legit. It's for real. It's so true. The thing that we often come up with with songs from Brazil is that we don't know Portuguese, either of us I know. at all. Not even like a goddamn word. It's kind of shameful. So we don't it makes it really hard, unfortunately, to interact with the music because we can't um, literally understand the lyrics, right?
0: Yeah. I mean, I love the way this sounds, right? And mm-hmm. because a lot of the ways that I listen to music is about like the sound, it's fine. But like I then, but not knowing what they're saying, I'm just like, oh, I don't know. But what I do know um, generally about Linda Quebrada is that she uses her music as a platform to talk about you know, her blackness, her gender, her sexuality, about her experiences with poverty. Mm. Um, Just she talks really openly about her life and experience and like really does so in a context of resistance also, which Mm. I think is not only very cool, but like what's more pride than resistance, Mm. right? Like, I mean, I know that these days like pride can be such a corporate mess and like I just have, I feel like I've just gotten so many like marketing emails and advertisements mm-hmm. and like, yeah. you know, people trying to sell shit to me for pride, which is just like super fucking gross. But like, it's always good to remember that what we're actually celebrating is the anniversary of an uprising against right. police violence. Right. So yep. um, I'm really, um, and, and I'm really uh, excited to bring, um, you know, like a black trans Brazilian woman who is really resisting and um you know changing culture with her art and that's I mean that's really what what the spirit of this uh this month and this anniversary is about.
1: Yeah, I think because it's the 50th anniversary of Stonewall, there's been like a little bit more attention to that, which I appreciate. Um in terms of yeah. people just and like there's been more attention to like Martha P. Johnson Marsha P. Johnson and like some of the people who are really kind of leaders in Stonewall and in the queer yeah, movement. Yeah, in that moment. But yeah, there's also like so much just like rainbow washing, <laughs> you
0: know. Yeah. Of, like, yeah. It's like a really actually um just tiring, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like I almost I like, just like want pride to be over so mm-hmm. I stop saying this bullshit. Right. It's
1: also you've never been like a huge pride. Person, right? Like, I feel like that's
0: no, that's no, been, like, a I have. I mean, not like I don't really love a parade, and like, I feel like there's parties all year round, so it's like yeah. I, I don't like I'm not like a huge like pride is my moment person either, yeah. but but I do really appreciate its legacy in terms of like activism and like what like you know, like what we owe to those women, women of color, trans women of color that like really were like at the forefront. Mm-hmm. of of this resistance yeah.
1: movement. Yeah. Yeah, that's beautiful. I missed Pride in D.C. this year and last year because I was out of town for different things. But um, I think the thing I like about it is, like, everybody goes out. <laughs> like, the people yeah. who, like, never go out ever. Like, you don't have to try <laughs> hard to get them to go out on Pride, like, to go to the parties, you know, like, the parade and yeah, stuff. Like, yeah. I don't – it's not my thing. And actually, this year they did a dyke march in D.C. for the first time in, like, over 10 years. Um, and I missed it, but I heard it was amazing and like really, really well attended. And, um, it used to be like such a small thing in DC that you could like, if you got there late, you'd miss it kind of thing. And now I think it had more of like a New York vibe where it's just like tons of people and that's, you know, it's more in the spirit, I think of the original pride. And it's like, it's not corporate, there's no floats. Like it's just people walking the streets with signs and
0: yeah, in New York there's like There's, like, Brooklyn Pride, and there's, like, Queens Pride, which Queens Pride is actually, like, really super sweet Mm -hmm. and very, like, immigrant, Mm -hmm. which I really love. I went one time, Um, yeah. I think New York, like, the Manhattan Pride is, like, honestly, I feel like too much for me. Like, I've really, like, only ever wanted to attend as, like, a cop watcher, (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know? Yeah. Because it's just, like, so extra. like, And, you know, I'm also, like, not, like, that much of, like, a drinker or like a party, like you know, like mm. if it's not like so, that's just like not my scene. Right?
1: Have you ever been to the Dyke March in New York?
0: I have not been to oh, the Dyke you March. Should, don't,
1: this year might be too much because it's also World Pride, so like a million people are going to be in New York City. But the Dyke March in New York is kind of an amazing feeling because they take over like some huge ass avenue that runs north south i should i don't know 7th avenue or something some really big street and it just gets totally shut down and there's like thousands of you know dyke identified people like marching in the street and it's kind of amazing so i think yeah maybe i should go yeah i think that one's worth it um and it's not it's not as overwhelming as like the parade because yeah, there's yeah. so many people like you know trying to watch and whatever this is just like you literally just walk down the street and it feels really cool and and i i think yeah. it's cool the ways in which people have tried to Really make dyke like an inclusive term, you know? It's like trans inclusive. Yeah, I do. And, I do. Yeah, I love that. I think it's. I think it's pretty beautiful. All right, so my next song is by Anaïs Asoul, and it's called Healing.
2: I fall into a routine and never let it go. That's not me. That's not the way that I flow. Tormented time to gender's bring me closer to. Finish line. A needle in a haystack, they told me I should find. Guess healing's not easy to come by. Till then, I wallow through my seams that I've stitched up together many times. Oh, none of life is temporary, though some of it's preliminary for all the things you're gonna fix and wanna change again. Improve upon the hate you've barricaded yourself in. Quit thinking that you'll never win. You won't buy numbing up, up with gin. He lent. He
1: So we actually met Anais at New Latin Wave last fall, which was really cool. Yeah, yeah. they came up to our table and said hello and we chatted for a little bit. So I was really um, happy to, we got like a press release basically about this song, um, which brought it across our attention. And so I was happy to have um, this opportunity to bring it. Anais identifies as queer and Latinx, It's Peruvian, first generation Peruvian immigrant and also identifies as non-binary. Um, and I find their music super interesting. Especially yeah, this is super sweet. It is sweet, right? And then I learned more from, yeah. from the really helpful press release about like the story behind the song, which was really cool. So this was actually born out of a fellowship that they got at the Boston University Medical Center. So there's this like arts fellowship. Maybe I'll put a link in the show notes in case somebody listening wants to apply for it. Um, but it, the intention of it is actually to bring art and healing and like health and medicine together which I thought was really um, awesome and pretty forward-thinking for somewhere like, you know, the Boston Uni- University Medical Center. So they get to kind of bring their artistic practice into, like, the day-to-day reality of the Boston Medical Center, according to what I read about it. And so nice. Anais was one of the fellows this past year, so this song was one of the things that was, like, born out of that work. Um, and it, based on what I read, they actually cr- developed a collaborative musical care practicum for surgical patients, that was in English wow. and Spanish. Yeah, right? I just, yeah, I don't know a lot about this. I mean, I imagine this this idea and this field is pretty like new, but I just love the idea of really intentionally bringing like Mart and music into um, health and medicine and like hospital spaces and medical practices because I think that music is such a huge source of healing and wellness and um, just it's incredible to think about like being intentional about that in a really purposeful way, you know?
0: Yeah, for sure. That's so cool. Yeah, super cool. Yeah, it's so cool that, like, this is an artist that we met mm-hmm. at New Latin Wave. We met a lot of really cool folks there. Yeah. And, you know, we always love people. Um who are listeners and who talk to us. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes listeners are also artists. It's so cool. I
1: know. Super cool. So the video for the song is actually not going to be released till July 7th, but I recommend once um, that happens, y'all yeah, go check it out. Cause we got to see a, like a preview of it and it has a really cool, the video tells a really cool story about like Ana- Anais's journey and like healing and community and, and mm-hmm. like their, their life in Boston. And so it's, it's pretty cool, but they did share in the press release that like this song was inspired by their own journey with, um, or struggle with anxiety and like the ways in which like self-care felt really lonely and what it meant to try and find like, community care and community support. So I'm a sucker for like the understanding sort of the motivation and the theme behind a song. And, and it was cool to yeah, understand sure. this story. Um, and then, yeah, they also used to be part of a group called cathartic conundrum, which is kind of an awesome name um, that calls itself Boston's bilingual indie Latin rock folk whimsy band. Wow. <laughs> I know. So Go Boston, this is like they're one of their first sort of like solo. They need that effort. Yeah. Right. Um, this is one of their first like solo efforts. So I'm not sure if they're still part of Cathartic Conundrum or if Cathartic Conundrum is continuing without them. Not sure about that. But, um, but got hey, it. This is the this is Anaïs. So I hope you all enjoy this song.
0: Very cute. Well, your next song is also like about feelings. My next song is definitely about feelings. Love it. Um, it's sort of a big mood for me right now. Yes, <laughs> I understand. <is> <laughs> this is called um, Perrear Llorando, and it's <laughs> by Sailor Fag featuring Maida Wink. Toda
2: la semana sin motivación Harto ya me tiene esta depresión Mi vida un asco, mi cuarto un mugrero Tiene harto los vecinos, mi llanto mañanero Nadie me quiere y todos me Odian. Mi vida es una eterna parodia Tantos pensamientos a mi mente ya abruman Esto
0: solo se me pasa si me ponen a
2: maluma Nadie me soporta, me dicen que le baje Mi hobby favorito, el
0: autosabotaje Pa' perrear llorando, pa' perrear llorando hasta abajo, es mi medicina, apenas así pa perrear llorando sacudelo, sacudelo perrear llorando sacudelo, sacudelo la paso chillando me quiero matar pero no sin antes dando toco no nomar pa perrear llorando sacudelo,
2: sacudelo lo voy
0: hasta abajo sacudelo, sacudelo pásame otro vaso
2: sacudelo, sacudelo soy todo
0: un fracaso So, yeah, I'm like a temporary (laughs) member of Team Feelings right now. Yes, we recruit, we recruit.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yes and no, because I know it's hard, but, like,
0: we're here for your feelings. Yes, yes. So, I mean... I'm going through some really big and hard transitions right now, and Perreal Llorando is like exactly mm. what's on the menu for yes. me right now. Yeah. Like, Sailor Fag, as some of you might know, um, we've brought them on the show once, um, is from Mexico, um, and they're super gender fluid. Um, Always on point outfits, really sickening makeup, like an excellent Instagram follow for sure. Mm -hmm. Highly recommend. Nice. Um, And this song is actually off of a brand new album that they just released called Terrible Perriemos. Oh, wow. (laughs) wow. Yes. (laughs) Oh, wow. And there's some perreable stuff on there for sure, though this is less of like a perreo jam and it's more about perreo as Mm
1: -hmm. healing. Oh, man. I love that.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm here for Perrewa's healing. And you know, I have this uh tactic in my, you know, healing arsenal right mm-hmm. now. It's one of my better mm-hmm. current tools. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well then good, good thing there's a lot of parties
1: this month, you know.
0: Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, one of the lines in this one is Aprendí en el reggaetón mis problemas esconder, which mm. Yeah, sounds about right. Mm. Yeah, man, dancing can be a
1: lot of feelings. It doesn't have to just be, like, joy or sex or,
0: you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, this song, it's so funny because this song, it sounds, the sound is, like, super upbeat and happy, but it deals with some, like, really super dark topics, right? It's, like, really, like, about depression and, like, a lot of suicidal ideation, actually, Mm. but... It talks about how perreo is the thing that's actually, like, keeping them from harming themselves, which is sort of amazing. And, like, Mm -hmm. honestly, like, what's more queer than that? Like, finding survival on the dance floor, Mm -hmm.
1: you know? And these, like, amazing ways to express how you feel that that you're not, you know, that don't cause harm, Right.
0: Yeah, yeah. And hmm. it's like, he's like, you know, like when everything sucks, like Don Omar is here for me. Like, oh, don't forget God. that Carol G is here.
1: That's you amazing. Know,
0: like,
1: Do they even know what like they're me doing?
0: Falta maluma, you Do know, they... just like all of yeah. these. Like, it's, it's really, uh, I, I love that. You know, I love it. It's like, really the... great. And I, I really love this, like, you know, like things can be terrible and I'm still going to dance because right. it's like one of the primary ways that I feel good.
1: Mm hmm. I think that was, like, a big message around Pulse, too, right? It was, like, like we're going to keep dancing, you know? Like, that there's this tragedy, and we're going to mourn, and we're going to, like, acknowledge the people whose lives were lost, but we're also going to keep dancing because these places, these parties, these spaces are, like, crucial to our survival.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think that that's a thing that, like, you know, even, like, Stonewall was, like, a- the rate of, like, a bar, you know, it was, like, I think that, like, it's really, um, to this day, like, queer people being so much more um, a mainstream part of society, like, still face enough exclusion that, like, like, specifically queer spaces are like, just such an important and cathartic and healing part of, like, who we are, right? And, like, of our survival. And, of course, like, not all queers are into parties. Not all queers like to dance. You know, like, that's not true. But, like, that said, those spaces really remain, like, important sites of resistance, Mm -hmm. right? Like, the dance floor and the club, like, remain, like, these really important sites of resistance and happiness and joy for queer people, Um, And I think that this song like really sort of like hones in on like what some of that can be about.
1: Yeah. I like forget that that's true. And then I go to like a straight space and like, like I was in Austin recently and some friends and I went to like a Latinx bar. um, That's like, my friend was like, it's relatively queer friendly, but it was pretty empty that night. And we were like a circle of not entirely, but predominantly queer identified people And, um, but like lots of different gender presentations. And it was just amazing to watch the like couple of dudes who were there, like constantly coming over. We're like literally dancing in the circle and they constantly come over and they would get in the middle of our circle and like try and like literally taking up so much freaking space. And then we would literally like the circle would disband and we would reform it like away from this person. (laughs) And we did this like, I don't know, six, seven times over the night for like a couple of different people. Yeah, and it's like, dude, we are not here to, like, talk yeah. to you, you know? And I think that's just, it's just, like, part of the ways that, like, dating culture is really toxic and men are taught that you just, like, keep trying, you know? Like, you just don't yeah, give up, yeah. like, whatever. But um, it just reminded me of, like, how... And then the next night we went to, like, a queer space and I was like, right, like, this is what it feels like to just get right. to be in our own experience. Right. And, like, you know, people are still, like, talking to people but it just didn't have the same, like, toxic sort of I'm going to take up all the space and make this about me feeling, you know? So.
0: Yeah, yeah. Last weekend, like, some... I was at a party that wasn't specifically queer and these dudes just like came up to me in a way that was you know whatever like you can like come up to me that's not a crime or anything but like it was obviously like you were here to hit on me and I was like he's like hi my name's this I was like hi I'm gay and he's like is your name gay I was like no my name's Veronica but I'm gay fyi you know like good for you like I just like actually i mostly don't like to talk to strangers, definitely don't talk to strange heterosexual men that, like, I have no reason to be talking to, you know, like, so it's just, like, FYI. And, like, they still, like, stayed talking to me for, like, five minutes when Mm -hmm. I was, like, very, like, obviously, like, I'm not interested in talking to you. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Truly wild. Uh, Yeah, I mean, this is definitely a privilege I have is, like, being masked and presenting, like, men don't talk to me, you know? Yeah. And it's, like, my femme friends who have to deal with that. And, you know, some people you know, people are, queerness looks lots of different ways. It doesn't mean that that nobody wants to, like, necessarily talk to men or hook up with men, but the way in which it goes down always feels so, like, non-consensual. And, like, you know, queers, like, we sort of have different ways of kind of reading each other and, like, feeling each other out before you, like, go talk to someone, like, making eye contact. You know, it's like you can look for subtle signs that someone's interested in talking to you, and I feel like men are just taught to, like, ignore all of that and just, like, force their way into it, you know? And I find it really... Yeah. So thank God for queer parties even today thank Mm -hmm. goodness yes um all right so my next song is a different vibe surprise surprise it's um a song by gina chavez and it's called mias de mias
2: I need to know you're closer than 2,000 miles The tips of my fingers miss the curve of your smile Those dimples make me melt inside
1: Gina Chavez once before to like a Meneito like a couple of years ago but never for one of our queer episodes and she's totally family um, actually mm-hmm. when I, back when I brought her she was like just getting married <laughs> and I mm. maybe stalked the wedding a little bit on Instagram because I thought it was really cool. <laughs> I mean by stalking I mean I followed her on Instagram and she posted about her wedding so yeah um, really stalking but um, she married another queer Latina and they had really cute I don't know she's one of those people who also like emotes about her relationship on Instagram and I think it's sweet mm-hmm. so I mean not surprising given her style of music <laughs> it's very emotive right and, So yeah, she is the you know queer Latinx answer to the queer with guitar like woman with guitar genre that I loved in high school and college. Right. You know. Right. But none of those people that I listened to in high school and college were Latina at all or Latinx at all. And so when I listen to this, it's like brings me back to that time, but with a different flavor to Mm -hmm. it that I really appreciate. And so that's basically what she is. It's not. I'm not as into this music as I was. So it's not the primary thing I listen to, but it still has this like nostalgic. Um, sweetness to me and so it's like there's a couple of songs on my playlist it's not the primary thing but I'm glad that yeah 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 I'm glad that she's out here doing it she um, yeah she's half Mexican she lives in Austin and I really like the way she kind of uses English and Spanish pretty interchangeably in her music Mm -hmm. Um, I really Mm -hmm. can relate to that kind of as a you know U.S. born Latinx person so it's one of the things I like um and I think sure. she's got a beautiful voice and is a good she's a good songwriter. I know this genre yeah. not really for you. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I don't hate it or anything. It's just like no me llama la atención, you yeah. know. Yeah. 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 I get it. Um Yeah, but I'm glad she's out here. I'm glad she's like doing her like, you know, queer latina with a guitar thing. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, yeah, this, hace falta, you know? Yeah.
1: Yeah, there's not a lot of folks in that, who fit that particular, like, intersection. Um, and, and you yeah, there's a ton of folk music in Latin America, too. So it sort of, you know, calls on, obviously, folk music, folk histories. And I like, that's another thing I like about her is that she brings in some of these, like, more Mexican folk elements to, it really feels like a kind of a hybrid of a bunch of different things. Yeah, yeah. Um, and this is from a 2014 album, which is her last. So I'm not sure her latest, so I'm not sure, you know, if she's got music, if she's got plans to make more music. She still tours and stuff like that. It seems like from following her on social media, but, um, but yeah, mm-hmm. I'm hoping that she's working on something new. Cause
0: I think she, I think she's great. Excellent. So my last song, um, again, a little bit of a change of pace. Um, <laughs> this is, um, a song called Oscoyo and it's by Alicia Crampton. Is an artist of Aymara descent um, and she's an electronic musician. The Aymara people live like sort of like in the highlands of uh, Peru and Bolivia. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's trans, and some of her work, of what her work explores, is just like the ways that gender fluidity and non binary genders were exterminated from indigenous cultures through colonization, which I think is really cool and like just like a conversation that we, I think, need to continue to have um, in just like the ways that, the ways that like colonization impacted, um, you know, indigenous communities is in terms of like gender and sexuality and, and um, you know, not to say that like every indigenous culture had similar ways of looking at gender and sexuality, but like, you know, that like sort of like Catholic, um, you know, Judeo-Christian moralistic stuff that, um, was really rooted in, like, heterosexism and patriarchy, like, was part of, like, what was spread through colonization. So I think that right. that's something really important to discuss and really cool Yeah, that is something that she um, brings to the music. And, um, you know, her work, as you can tell with this uh, track, blends all these electronic textures with Andean sounds. Um, and I just feel like it's, like, really challenging and beautiful music Um It's this is off of an EP that she released last year. Uh, I'm not sure that um, new music is coming, but I I think it's really gorgeous. And um, her work is definitely worth checking out if you're into exploring some like experimental electronic stuff. It's definitely like more on like, you know, if you don't listen to this stuff, I think it could be like a challenge to listen to. (laughs) But if you're up for that, then um, then I think that this is there's a lot of beauty here. That's a good way to put it. Do you remember how you came across her work? I don't remember how I came across her work, but I don't think I realized that she was trans up until recently. Mm. Um, I just, like, I'd heard her work, but I realized I saw that Richard from Songmas wrote this piece about trans and non binary artists, um, that Latinx trans and non binary artists who are out and making music right now. And um, we can link that in the bio. It's a really cool big list of folks. And I was like, oh, like, I'd heard Alicia Crampton, I heard her work, but. I guess I just, like, I don't know. I'd never, like, really dug in. I didn't know right. that she was trans. Right. So I was like, oh, that's cool. And I wanted to, you know, I was trying to think about, like, what artists to bring. And, you know, like, there's a lot of artists that, because we've done queer episodes in the past, a bunch, um, there's a lot of artists that we've already brought to queer episodes. Right. And there's, like, so many people, you know, yeah um, that I just wanted to bring somebody that we hadn't necessarily brought before. Right. So instead of bringing, like, Hwanga or, like... Right you know, Ruby or Rita Indiana or some of the other folks that we've brought before, I decided to bring this person it's somebody new. And maybe we'll like link all of our various different Mm -hmm. queer um, episodes that we've done over the years so that you can have like a good selection of queer artists to Mm -hmm. check out in the near future if you're looking for, for folks.
1: Right. Yeah, I think that'd be great. Actually, you know what we're going to do? We're going to create a a, like pride playlist with all of the picks that we brought over our our last few, the like three or so um, queer episodes we've had over this time we've had the podcast. So you can kind of have a soundtrack for some pride listening this month. So go check out the show notes and we'll have a link to a Spotify playlist with all of the folks that we're able to, to gather from these picks.
0: Yeah, and I mean, some of what inspired this episode, Mm -hmm. we weren't thinking about doing a queer or pride episode, but um, then there was this article that um, talked about Bad Bunny as being a queer icon. And y'all, I mean, you know that we love Bad Bunny on this podcast. We talk about him often. We dedicated a whole episode to his latest album, Por Siempre. Yeah. And we love him and also love the ways that in which he does transgress gender norms, Right. right? Right. And we've talked about that a lot. Yeah. But it's annoying to me that they would write this whole article about Bad Bunny being a queer icon when, for all we know, he's straight, right? right. He's never he's never said otherwise. Mm-hmm. And yeah. all of his songs are mostly about women or about peop- his love songs or love interests are female pronouns. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, he's just i mean i sort of like hope he's bi but like i kind of (laughs) like i'm coming to terms with the fact that i think he's probably straight yeah probably and so like there's just you know today's episode and all of our previous episodes as evidence there's so many queer artists there's so many latinx queer people making music that can be our latinx queer icons and like we don't, don't need to use a straight yeah. man for right. that like it's come not, on it's y'all not like have a, like just like a modicum of imagination so paris was like let's do this so yeah
1: this seemed like and we actually ended up bringing i don't think any of the artists that you mentioned in that thread so maybe we can link to the right. thread if you want to see some of those artists but um there's just more proof that there are so many people out here you know it's kind of reminds me of like making madonna a queer icon you know it's like she's not Right. like there's lots of people who do a lot for queer culture and also for like pushing on boundaries around gender and sexuality and like bodies and I think Bad Bunny does some of that stuff but like he's not actually family until he says he is you know and like there are other people who are and who who have to like deal with the blowback of being out and are still out right. here you know and so like that's the thing he gets to kind of right. play this line so
0: yeah also it's not 1992 anymore like there's a bunch of people who are out and queer yeah. like it's not like Madonna gets to be like safe and straight and get to talk about voguing and, and like hire some dancers from the Christopher Street Pier and then she gets to be a queer icon because right. nobody else is safe to be out and yeah. and like making music right, right. like it's the right. lord's fucking year of 2019 right. even Ricky Martin There's is married mad artists that are out and queer <laughs> and Latinx like yes. why
1: yeah totally totally so that's why we're here <laughs> we're, to correct the record to like remind folks and uplift some of these people who don't get the shine that they deserve. And I love that this episode actually, we highlighted like a good number of like trans and like non-binary folks as well. You know, it's not just, yeah, it's not just the LGB, LGB part of the, the, the alphabet. Right. Soup, you which know? has
0: been too much yeah. of the, you know, like focus. LGBT movement has been, you know, honestly, really focused on the LG,
1: Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, really. Yep.
0: So, um, so I'm glad to be, yeah. And, and, you know, which is wild given like who was really actively a part of, of, um, you know, resisting. Right. And I think that, the people that were actively resisting in, you know, like Stonewall and early on were people who could never hide, right? Like right. if you were like, yeah, you know, a closeted lesbian or a closeted gay man, you could like try and hide and live a normal life and like, in one sense. But like if you were like, you know, a homeless trans woman, like there's not a lot of hiding for yeah. you. But there's no so there's no option. There's no option but resisting. And that's still, I mean, that's still the case, right? And that's still
1: the case. People are still, you know, I think there's been like a graphic going around on Instagram and stuff about like five black trans women have been murdered in June this year in different parts of the country, including in DC. Um, And so, you know, people are still the people who are most marginalized are still the people who um, lack access to so many types of privilege and the ability to conform or pass or, you know, so. Yep. Some things have changed a lot and some things haven't changed at all. Absolutely. But the thing that hasn't changed is we're still out here making music and enjoying music and dancing and celebrating. So I'm happy to be. Yes. I'm happy to be queer, yo. I have not. Once I came out, I never had any regrets. <laughs> it's like this Oh, my is, God. This Me is, too. I'm
0: sorry for my straight listeners, I but I feel like it's like slightly tragic. Yeah. It's like as hard <sighs> as it
1: is out here being queer and dating and relationships, yeah. I never wish I was straight. So same. There's some orgullo for you. (laughs) I
0: am very pleased to be what I am.
1: Yeah. And that's a beautiful thing.
0: Well, thank you all so, so much for listening, for joining us for another episode of Orgullo. We have a bunch of treats for you in the show notes. We're going to gather up all of our queer episodes Mm -hmm. and pride episodes for you in the show notes so you can listen to them all and check them all out we're gonna put all those artists in a playlist so that you have like a nice sampling of like actually queer Mm -hmm. Latinx musician icons Mm -hmm. that you can choose from Exactly, (laughs) who are gonna be very varied and doing really different things so So, like regardless of your taste you're gonna find somebody mm -hmm. in there for you Mm -hmm. and we'll make sure to include that article that Richard wrote about trans and non-binary Latinx artists Mm -hmm. that are making music right now Mm -hmm. so there's going to be a lot of queer content for y'all.
1: We are on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And there's lots of content there that doesn't end up on the show. So make sure you're following us. Also, a very exciting aviso. We're doing a little summer sale on our tiendita. In particular, we're, we're giving offering a big discount on our Cardi B totes that Veto designed. They're super cute tote bags with a beautiful portrait of Cardi B. And one of our favorite um, slogans of hers from Instagram video from a while ago that says, "If you don't understand, get a bitch to translate." And
0: she was listening to Super Outlet. Exactly.
1: And um, they're these really nice, lightweight totes. They're great for going to La Playa and putting your sunglasses, and your towel, and your book, and whatever it is. So um, we're offering a five-dollar discount. So they're usually twenty dollars, and we're offering it for fifteen dollars for a limited time. So we'll put a link in the show notes to our tiendita if you want to take advantage of that sale.
0: Yeah, and also just as an FYI, our pins are running extremely, extremely low. Yeah. So if you find yourself really in need of a team feelings pin, uh-huh. like maybe you just joined the team, <laughs> you didn't know you were going to need one, oh, <laughs> or if you need a perreo <laughs> pin or have had your eye on either of those, those are extremely limited right now. We're about to run out. Yeah. Don't think we're going to make them again, so this is your last chance.
1: Yeah. So head over to our tienda and get yourself a pin, y'all. We're working on some new merch, hopefully for the fall. But but yeah, this is
0: probably it for what we've we've got in there. So go check it out. All right, lovelies. Hasta la próxima. Bye.
2: Be